0: Some folks have the idea that purity is something that you have when you're young and you lose it if you mess up. In the Bible, purity is something that you begin to go after when you are in Jesus Christ.
1: Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. And Colin, this might be a lie or a misconception that a lot of us may buy into. Oh yes, Uh, when we talk about purity, we think about sexual
0: purity and uh, think of that in terms of something that might be lost, as if we were born pure and then through an act of sin became impure, and actually
1: the Bible has it the other way around. And I would think the other thing that people may struggle with is that they know they were a sinner and then they come to Christ. He's wiped my slate clean, he's erased my sins, and now all of a sudden I'm pure. But not really. We still have that sin nature within us. Yes, and
0: purity is all about the effect of the cleansing blood of the Lord Jesus Christ Mm. progressively in a person's life. So purity is something that we're moving towards. We didn't start pure. We were born in sin. But purity is something that we move towards as we grow in Jesus Christ. And I think that's the most wonderful encouragement. We're looking to the future here. And whatever the past has held, where the blood of Christ is active in a person's life, there's the path to purity, and it lies ahead of us. And uh, when we see Christ, we're going to be like him
1: in all of his marvelous purity. And just hearing that makes me look forward to today's program. So, if you can, open your Bible and join us in Matthew chapter 5 as we continue the message, Cultivating Purity. Here is Pastor Colin.
0: So, seven practices, seven things you can do that promote purity of heart. Here we go. Number one, believe. This is something for you to do. And I'm thinking of James chapter 1 and verse 6 and 7 the practice of trusting Jesus Christ to change you. Number one is belief. Number two, confess. And this is not, you know, here are seven, pick one. This is here are seven, pursue all, okay? Number two, confess. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. I'm thinking here about the practice of naming and opposing particular sins in your life. And you know this verse well, I'm sure. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. So, here's the cleansing from all unrighteousness. Number three, obey. Believe, confess. Number three is obey. Obey. Now, so many scriptures that we could quote here for the practice of immersing yourself in the Word of God. And I chose the word immersing deliberately for this reason, that the scriptures have a purifying effect on the heart. And you find this in many places in the Bible. I wonder if you've noticed it in Ephesians 5.26, for example when we're told that Christ loved the church and He gave Himself up for her, that He might sanctify her. So here's this growth in purity and cleanse her. And how does that happen? By the washing of water with the Word. With the Word. So, what he's saying here is that the entrance of the Word of God into the mind and into the heart, where it is received by faith, applied, and acted upon on a regular basis, that that has a cleansing and a purifying effect in the life. It's a wonderful thing. Which is why Jesus says, sanctify them by the truth. Your Word, he says to the Father, is truth. Now let me tell you candidly, as I've spoken about the experience of great encouragement in seeing folks wonderfully change and sometimes discouragement and disappointment in not seeing that happen. And I can promise you that without exception, where there has been real change in the stuff of a person's life, one factor in my observation has always been present and never absent. And that factor is that there has been an abundant entrance of the Word of God into the life and into the heart of a believer. And where there has been a failure to thrive, I have noticed without exception that one thing has been significantly absent. Whatever else has happened, oh, there's been fellowship, and there's been this, and there's been that, and all the rest of it. But one thing where there's failure to thrive that is always absent is a significant entrance of the Word of God into a person's life people who are changing and are growing in purity are like sponges for God's truth. They're like sponges in the way that they listen to the preaching of the Word, as opposed to passively letting it fly over. They're sponges when it comes to the reading of the Word. They're asking questions about the Word the entrance of God's Word gives light. It's pure, the Word of the Lord. The psalm says that time and time and time again, and it is purifying in its effect in the soul. So, if you're really cracking a Bible open, you probably aren't making much progress in the pursuit of this purity of heart, this singleness of purpose, this life that Jesus Christ is calling you to. And if you would do this, it would make a difference. It really would. Proactively engage. Number four, and perhaps this is the most often missed of all of these strategies that I'm laying before you today. Number four is worship. The practice of gazing on the glory of God. The practice of gazing on the glory of God. And here I'm looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. Look at this verse and try and take it in. It's breathtaking. We all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord— We are being transformed. So, here's the change we're looking for, the growth, the advancement in holiness and in purity. We're being transformed into the same image, that's the image of Christ, from one degree of glory to another. Now, notice the two things in this verse. We are being transformed. That's what we want. How's it happening? Look at the other thing in the verse. It's happening as this person is beholding the glory of the Lord. And this verse ties these two things together, because beholding the glory of the Lord becomes a means by which we are transformed into His likeness. And he's not, by the way, talking about heaven. You know, we'll behold the glory of the Lord there in the immediate presence of Jesus, but he's talking present tense. He's talking about something that happens in the Christian experience of a Christian believer now. So, this is of huge importance. He's talking about worship, and he's talking about the power of beholding something of the glory and the greatness of the Lord as I read the Bible, as I gather for a worship service like this, as I lay down my life in service for Jesus Christ, beholding His glory. And the principle here is that we become through what we behold. The more I see of Jesus the glory, the more I'm going to become like him. The less I see of Jesus' glory, the less I see in the Word, the less I see in worship. Like someone who knows nothing about arts, just walking by a Holbein as if it was of no value, and someone who knows its value says, how could you walk past that? The more I see of Christ's glory more I'm going to be changed on an ongoing basis from one degree of glory to another into His likeness. Now, let me try and break this down for you and make it really practical. Let's think of someone who says they are a sex addict. you think about this person, we'll have a conversation with them for a moment together, shall we? Compulsive habits, behaviors, built up as a pattern in this person's life over many, many years. And now this person who's in church has come to a place of feeling that there is no escape. And you're going to try and help them. And you ask the question, how did you get here? How did you become what you say you are today? How did this thing come to gain such a power within your own life? And as you listen, you're able to discern what has happened, and you say something like this. You say, you know what? You have made an idol of this thing. You have set your affection on this idol. You went to the idol for comfort. You went to it for happiness. You worshipped your way into this addiction. That's what you did. You worshipped your way into this addiction. Now, how are you going to get out of it? Answer, you worshipped your way in you must now worship your way out. What does that mean? You cannot simply take down the idol. You are made to be a worshiper. You become a worshiper of Jesus Christ in a whole new way, and you begin to practice gazing on The glory of God. Now, some of you know exactly what this change is like, because you can remember a time when for many, many years you just stood passive, as so many folks do, when others around you were worshiping. And you sat with your mind wandering while other people like sponges were soaking in the Word of God, but but you weren't. You weren't receiving anything really. But then you came to a place, and things changed, and now in the mercy of God you have become a worshiper, and you are worshiping as you are changing, and you are changing as you are worshiping. It's beautiful. And if it hasn't happened yet for you, then this is what God is calling you today. You believe in that the Lord Jesus Christ is able to change you. It's got to start there. You've got to confess. You've got to start getting yourself immersed in the Word of God. Week on week, that's going to become a pattern in your life. If you're really going to break this kind of a power, you're going to have to become a worshiper, not simply an attender, a worshiper. In the Word and among the people of God and all over the church, there are folks who have seen the power of lethal habits broken by the power of Jesus Christ. And this is the pattern. This is what it looks like. This is how it happens. Worship. Practice gazing on the glory of God. Now, Jesus says um, in the sixth beatitude, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And what 2 Corinthians in chapter 3 and verse 18 tells us is that the reflex is also true, that those who see God become pure in heart, that the more that you see of God, the more we behold Him with unveiled face, the more you're going to be transformed increasingly into His likeness. Remember how that happened for Isaiah? I mean, here's a man who you'd think, well, he, he's in the ministry. He's a prophet, so he's full-time in, in work for the Lord and And yet there comes a moment in his life where he sees more of the glory of God as than ever before. You can read about it in Isaiah chapter 6. And what happens then? Suddenly he says, I'm a man of unclean lips. This man in the ministry is saying that. And he hadn't felt that before. He hadn't seen that before. But seeing the glory of the Lord now has a further purifying effect in his life. And this new glimpse of the glory of God moves him to begin to live in a whole different and new kind of a way. And he says, Here am I, send me, and he's ready to serve as he wasn't before. And he had his agenda as to what he wanted to do, perhaps. And God gives him the toughest assignment of all. You can read about that in the uh, end of uh, Isaiah chapter six. And it's his vision of the glory of God that sustains him in this extremely difficult task. Now, you say, well, that's Isaiah. He actually got to see the glory of the Lord. But you see the point here in 2 Corinthians three, eighteen, The Apostle Paul's saying that's what happens by the Holy Spirit through faith when you worship, if you're actively engaged in it. We behold the glory of the Lord, and that's why we get transformed. That's what it is. So I think that worship may be the most underappreciated means of God's grace in all of the Christian church. Are you using this? When you come to worship, pray Moses' prayer. Oh God, show me your glory. Help me in these hymns and in the preaching of the Word to see more of you than I've ever seen before. Help me to be like a sponge taking this in because, because that's going to be transforming in my life over time.
1: You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and a message called Cultivating Purity. We'll hear more in just a moment. Open the Bible is a listener-supported broadcast, and they're here on Premier Christian Radio each day because of your generosity. And with that, they've been able to make updates at the website, including making it easier for you to give. And when you do give, they're excited to offer you a free copy of Pastor Collins' latest book, Six Hours That Changed the World. This is a look at what Jesus accomplished on the cross, and Pastor Colin gives a clear, biblical presentation of the gospel message that you could use to share with someone this Easter. So when you go to the website to set up a regular donation of at least £5 a month, they're excited to be able to offer you a free copy. Do find out more about Pastor Colin's book, Six Hours That Changed the World, when you go to openthebible.org.uk. Well, let's go back to the message. Again, here is Pastor Colin.
0: Number five, ask, ask. The practice of praying for purity. And you know this text, Psalm 51 and verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That is a believer's prayer a believer's prayer. And it is one that we ought to use often. Remember, we said that cleansing in its nature, like my car that needs going through the wash again this weekend, just like it did last weekend, washing we need on a continual basis. So, you can't pray this prayer too often. It's not a one-time prayer. It's a believer's prayer. And we need to be asking it and using it on a regular basis. One quote from Thomas Watson today, most men pray more often for full purses than pure heart. Is that true of you? Have you prayed about God supplying your financial need more often than your purity of heart, or your purity of heart more often than your concerns about your material circumstances? Most men pray more for full purposes than for pure hearts. Let's set it together and individually to ask God and to go on asking God from a full heart that this heart will be purified. I want to make progress in this Christian life, O God. I want to stay where I am. Number six, persevere. Micah chapter 7 and verse 8, one of my favorite verses in the Old Testament, And this is simply the practice of getting up when you have fallen down, and it's very important. Rejoice not over me, O my enemies. When I fall, I shall rise, and when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. Understand this as we renew our resolve to grow in the Christian life today. Nobody makes uninterrupted progress on the path of purity. Nobody. Nobody makes uninterrupted progress on the path of purity. So when you set yourself to do battle against sins that may have held sway in your heart for a long time, you can expect that in some ways you will stumble and fall. And don't be surprised, and don't be overwhelmed by another failure. Discouragement is blunts the cutting edge of many Christian believers. So when you get tired of the battle, don't give up hope. When I fall, yet I will rise. And you say, oh, but you don't know how many times I've failed over this thing. I'm saying to you, never give up. Or you don't know how strong the pull of temptation is. I'm saying to you, never give up. You put your faith in Jesus Christ. Never, 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 never give up, never. Never. And here's the last, and it's simply this. Anticipate. 1 John chapter 3 and verses 1 through 3, these marvelous words. When we see Him, we will be like Him. And here I'm thinking of the practice of knowing who you are and rejoicing in what you will be. Who are you? In Christ You are dearly loved child of God. That's who you are. Very hard to sin willfully against a full knowledge of a love like that. So, take in who you are. It will really help you in pursuing purity. You are a dearly loved child of God in Jesus Christ. And what will you be Well, what you will be has not yet been made known, but when Christ appears, we shall be like him because we will see him as he is. And notice the effect of this anticipation. John says, and everyone who thus hopes in Christ will purify himself even as Christ is pure. This has a purifying effect, the anticipation of what you're going to be. There's going to be no sin in you then. So move towards that. You look at this temptation, you say, that is not who I am. I'm a dearly loved child of God. And look at what I one day will be. Now, I cannot be looking back there. I have by the grace of God to press forward in the pursuit of purity. So seven practices that promote purity of heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Do you know what struck me? This is the very last thing. Some folks have the idea that purity is something that you have when you're young and you lose it if you mess up. That's how the word is normally used, I think. In the Bible, purity is something that you begin to go after when you are in Jesus Christ. That will be wonderfully freeing for some folks here, and I hope really helpful. So go after purity. Go after the clean heart. Go after the undivided heart. And the more you grow in purity of heart, the more you will see God, and the more you see Him in worship and in the Word, the more you will see Him in the trials of your life and the triumphs of your life and in His people and in His church, and the more you see Him, the more your heart will be purified too. And all of this you see with the eye of faith until the day when Jesus Christ comes, and then you will see Him face to face. And when you see him, you'll be like him. And everyone who has this hope, that is every true Christian, purifies himself, purifies herself, even as Christ is pure.
1: Well, that's a great challenge and a practical message today here on Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith, looking at these practices that will promote purity of heart. It's so important for us to ask God to create that clean heart, and as we continue to pursue purity in our lives, asking God to renew us, to cleanse us. And the more that we grow in purity, the more we'll see of God. Now this message, Cultivating Purity, is part of the series, Momentum, How to Make Progress in the Christian Life. It's a study of the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, and if you missed any of the broadcasts in the series, you can always go and listen online at openthebible.org.uk. Open the Bible is able to stay on this station each day because of your financial support. And this month they have something new and exciting to offer as they continue to make a number of changes on the website that includes an easier way for you to give. Visit the website at openthebible.org.uk. And as a token of their appreciation for your financial support, they have a special gift to send you. It's Pastor Colin's latest book, Six Hours That Changed the World. And Colin, how could you see someone using this book? Well, the six hours that changed
0: the world, of course, are the six hours that Jesus was hanging on the cross. And during that time, he spoke seven times. And each time he spoke, he gave an insight into what he was actually doing On the cross. So, one way in which this book could be used is that you could read one of the sections in each of the seven days leading up to Easter. And that would take you into the heart of what Jesus was doing on the cross, what he accomplished, why he was there, and what difference it makes for you. And for families, this would be very simple. It would take about five minutes to read one of these sections. You could do that each day in the week leading up to Easter, and it would really help all of your family to see what it was that Jesus
1: accomplished on the cross and why it changes everything for all who believe. The book is called Six Hours That Changed the World, and they're excited to be able to offer this to you in appreciation for your support. For setting up your regular donation of at least £5 a month, they'll send you a free copy of the book as a special thank you gift learn more when you go to the website openthebible.org.uk again that's openthebible.org.uk
0: the reason that conflict follows some people is that conflict lives so much in some people and what fills you will spill out from you when other people bump into you pastor
1: colin begins a message called Blessed are the Peacemakers from Matthew chapter 5 next time. This program is a listener-supported production of Hope in the Bible.